Hello, I'm Eric Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Podcast. Today we'll be talking about leaving a legacy. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today is the 30th of May, 2022, and I'm super excited to be speaking with you today. Things are going to be a little bit different. Hopefully you can hear me okay. I'm actually sitting in a bedroom on Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and just kind of getting some time to decompress after the funeral that my husband and I attended in Connecticut on Thursday of last week and heading home today and I'm just really thankful that we had time to spend with such a wonderful family. We were actually able to stay with the Higgins who um, they're the ones who actually lost their mother. Um, she, she died and um, she, she was a wonderful wife and mother, friend and heaven is so much more beautiful because she is now there with her savior. But that kind of leads me to what I wanted to talk about today, which is leaving a legacy. And I want to read to you something that I, I read sometimes for, for y'all. Um, it's something that I get in my email but, um, from Ann Elliott. She's the one who does homeschooling Torah. That's um, a really great curriculum that she puts out for um believers like like you and me that really want to get back to teaching our children the word of God and teaching them their reading, writing, arithmetic, all of that through the lenses of the word. So she sent this thing and it's every week she talks basically about the Torah portion. And I thought that it kind of worked really well with what I wanted to talk about. And it says Shavuotov, which means you know, have a happy week. This week's Torah portion is Ba Midbar, which means in the wilderness. This is the first portion of the book of Ba Midbar, which we know in English as a book of numbers. Called this because Moses and Aaron are commanded to count the men of Israel. I was really struck by how Torah observant chores are. Seriously, watch for it this week. For instance, in Numbers 4, Adonai told Aaron and his sons that they were responsible to pack up all the furnishings and pieces in the tabernacle. Then he told the Gershonites to be in charge of carrying the curtains. The Kohathites were responsible for carrying all of the furnishings for the tabernacle. The Merarites were responsible to carry the frames and posts. In great detail, Adonai laid out specific instructions to be sure every duty would get done. And then he assigned Eliezer the priest the oversight of everything. In our homes, many mothers never get around to assigning specific chores to each person. Who washes the dishes? Who unloads the dishwasher? Who sweeps the floor? Who does these jobs when the regular person is gone for the evening? Do the chores get rotated and how often? Instead, mothers often just ask the first child who walks into the room, and that tends to be unfair since the other kids quickly figure out that they should just stay out of mom's sight. I was actually reading this to Ben yesterday, and I kind of laughed, and I said, it's probably wrong, but there are times where I actually intentionally am giving my kids chores to do because I know eventually they'll just go to their rooms and give me some quiet time. <laughs> Versus me trying to coerce them into their rooms, they decide, of course, on their own, that their bedroom would be better than staying in the room with mom because mom is just going to give me things to do. Adonai's system of listing all the chores that need to be done and then assigning them to certain people is very wise. 
In addition, notice that he didn't really rotate the chores. These people became experts in that area, and there was never any question about who was responsible for what. Adonai even assigned the people the places for them to pitch their tents. Nothing was random or haphazard in his home. You have been given a variety of... Uh, yeah, that part's just actually talking about the different things in her... Um, the links that she's put, putting in there as well. But I thought that was actually kind of neat because, as you know, you've heard me talk about before, my children all do have chores that they're given... Um, and then they're actually paid a commission. So they do get paid for the different chores that they do. However, uh, if they choose not to do them on the designated day that they're supposed to, they don't get paid for it, but they're still required to do it. They're in trying to teach them kind of how the workplace works, except the reality is if they don't do the job that they're being paid to do, they get fired. So we try to show them that, yes, we are a little bit more lenient with you, although I'm sure they don't see it that way. But this is actually how the world works. And we're just trying to train you so that when you do leave our home, you do know how to do these things in your own home and even in a workplace area. I know our um, second oldest daughter, she works at a Mediterranean kind of fast food place. But I really love what they do there. And it's funny because it's actually kind of opposite of what she says, where it's like, you know, God gives each person a specific task to do. And it's different because at least for my daughter's work, they have her do a little bit of, of everything. And I think that that's great because it's showing her how to do each and every job. Now, yes, you're right. She's not going to become a master hummus maker, maybe, or master dishwasher or master cashier. However, she's going to learn these different skills and hopefully be able to use them throughout her life. Now, I do want to, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you what the tour portion was this week. As you know, it is Bamidabar, which means in the wilderness. Numbers chapter 1, verse 1 to chapter 4, verse 20. And then you have the half tour portion, which is Hosea chapter 2, verses 1 through 23. And then the Brit Hadashah, which is 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 31. Really great tour portion this week. Totally coincides with what I'm talking about when it talks, um, when I'm, I'm going to be speaking about leaving a legacy. And um, really encourage you to read it this week. If not anything else in the word, just at least read the Torah portion. So as you know, I came up to Connecticut. My husband and I came up to Connecticut for a funeral this past, you know, past week. And um, it really was bittersweet. Honestly, more sweet than bitter. But you are there. You're there to grieve with the family for the loss that they have suffered. You know, I'm grieving for not being able to maybe get to know, her, like, to know her as well as I did, but also just grieving for the family, for, you know, the grandmother that they lost, the mother that they lost, the wife that they lost. But the beauty is that they all know where she went. You know, they know that she is in a better place now. And I was just observing this family. And if you, if you know me and you ask me like, Hey, what's your favorite hobby? I'll tell you observing people. I am weird like that. I actually really do enjoy just observing people. I like to read people. I like to read their body language, read how they are with other people and kind of even be able to, to gauge whether or not they're necessarily being real or just, you know, putting on a, a front or a fake face. You know what I mean? I'm not hundred percent great at it because, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm, I'm, pretty good at it. My husband would say I'm, I'm quite good at it. My children would say I'm the, you know, lie detector, but be that as it may, I'm at this funeral and one of her daughters graciously let us 
my husband and I stay at her home. I was not expecting that. I was not expecting them to open their home to us. You know, they're dealing with a, a death in the family and they're like, well, you're family to us. And, and that just blew me away. And they are strong believers in the faith. They're not messianic. They're not messianic at all, but you know what? They're still believers. They're still brothers and sisters in Christ. And they left such a strong mark on me in my life. If you listen to my last podcast that you'll know that they're genuine. They're genuine believers. They're, they, they walk the walk and they talk the talk. I'm not saying that they're perfect, but I tell you what, they are so gracious and kind and loving. It just, it blows a person away when you're in their presence. And, you know, they, they kept saying, well, we're just so honored that you came. And I'm like, yes, um, I'm glad that you feel honored, I guess. But for me, it was just like, I'm just so happy to be here. I'm happy to be with you guys, to spend time with you. Really maybe wish I lived closer. But um, I kind of want to take you to uh, the Brit Hadashah to a portion of that portion, which is 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer together. If one part is honored, all the parts rejoice together. And that's kind of what I was living out this past week. This is the part where um, they're talking about the different parts of the body of Christ, you know, the eye and the hand and one's not better than the other or whatever. But, um, you know, one part of the body of Messiah was suffering this past week because their mother died. And I was able to go and hopefully be some form of comfort to them and to just love on them. And I was honored and I guess they were honored of both of our presence. I'm not really sure how to even say that. And we rejoiced together in the knowledge of where we knew where Mary Higgins went, but just rejoicing even in being able to be with each other. But I really, what I really, really observed, and it was so evident when um, my husband and I were there Friday afternoon and everyone came over to Leah's house. This is where I was staying. And there are about 12 grandkids. There's three, um, three children and obviously their spouses and then 12 grandkids and they were outside and they were playing dodgeball in the backyard. And, you know, Woody, who's Mary's husband was sitting there and just surrounded by his family and his, his grandkids. And it was just such a beautiful thing to see and see the legacy, the legacy that he and Mary have made because of the way that they chose to walk. Now, one of the things I think I've said before is, you know, you can't give what you don't possess. Just like as a teacher, you can't teach what you don't know. One of the greatest things, and I think it's so true, especially that one year that I did do homeschooling with my kids, is that you may be teaching your children, but the teacher is the one who's really learning way more than the kids ever will. There's so much that your own children can teach you, not to mention you kind of learn with them what it is that you're teaching. And the same can be true with our faith. And whether or not you have children, it has to do with your sphere of influence. So, you know, don't pass on a dead, defeated, weak version of your faith. An everyday faith that gives Yeshua glory in everything you do is a faith you can pass on to your children and even to those in your sphere of influence. And I saw that walked out so beautifully this weekend by the three children and their children's children and just the respect and the love they had, not only for each other, but for God. And it was so powerful and palpable and you could just feel 
the Holy Spirit. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And honestly, it's like, Lord, like help me to teach my children as well as this family has taught theirs, because I am seriously lacking in a lot of areas. And I can tell that simply by even looking at their family. Now, it's not to say like, I'm, I'm not coveting their family. I'm not, I'm actually happy for them. And I want to learn what it is that they have done and implemented in my own life. And therein, hopefully becoming more and more like Yeshua. An unmistakable, honest faith will become contagious to your kids or those in your sphere of influence. But you can't give or transmit what you don't have. It has to start with you. Much more is caught than taught. Have a faith that is worthy of being caught. Like we have talked about this over and over and over again, the Shema is something that um, those of us in the Messianic faith and the Jewish faith, it's something that we say in the morning and at night. My husband and I say it before when we wake up and when we, we go to bed. It is uh, found in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5, chapter 11, uh, verse 13 and 21, and Numbers 15, 37 to 41. And it's just such a beautiful picture. And I think I talked about last week too. It was, you know, teach your children diligently. When you teach your, chil- your children diligently and you are their main sphere of influence that you are where they are spending their most time with which is why i actually am pro homeschooling which i know is funny because i don't homeschool my children you are their teacher and so they learn from you so when you are allowing other people to teach your children you're allowing their thoughts and their process and their influence to affect your children as well and they might decide that what their teacher has to say makes more sense than what you have to say or what God's word has to say, or even like their friends, you know, like where are your kids spending their most time, the most of their time. And that's something that I myself really do need to work on, especially now in the summertime. It's like, all right, like I really want to be able to spend more quality time with my children, which does not mean spending time in front of the TV. It means actually like maybe having devotions, getting in the word with my kids and, and really hearing where their heart is at with God. And you know, trying to build them up and and teach them diligently what it is that they need to know and what they need to hear and what God's word says. Because it's not about, you know, teaching our children our own personal biases. It's about what does God's word say? It doesn't matter what we think, what we believe. It matters what God's word says and what he says is true. I really don't like it, this whole new thing. It's like, well, I'm just sharing my truth or I'm just telling my truth. Your truth is a lie. If it does not line up with the word of God, it period, that's, it's that simple, you know, well, that's not, you know, that's not the way I see it. That's not how I see God. Okay. Well then maybe you might be, um, creating a God in your own, in it, own image so that you can do whatever it is that you'd like. And we all are guilty of doing that at some point in time in our lives, but it's so important to get back to the word and see what does God say? What is that? And I trying to teach me right now, what is he trying to speak over me and over my life and over my children? How am I supposed to live my life to glorify him and be pleasing in his sight? Because that's what it comes down to. And when we do that, we are able to leave the legacy that we so want in our own hearts, but also it's God's heart too. He wants us to leave a pure and beautiful legacy for our children to be able to easily follow you know, Lador Vador from generation to generation. I love that saying. You are doing 
what God has called you to do from generation to generation. You know, that's why I love the ironic benediction. And I really love the song that came out um, with it, which is literally um, scripture um, put to music. And and those are, you know, that's a lot why a lot of people love hymns because that's what a lot of hymns are. They're, you know, the, the words, the word of God put to music. And that's exactly what it is when um, Carrie Job is singing the ironic benediction. And I love how they, you know, they end it. It's like, you know, may your family and your children and your children and your children, you know, um, just be blessed and may God bless you and keep you. You know it if you've listened to my podcast. That's that's how I end my podcast every single week. By the way, soon I might be doing it in song form in Hebrew. I'm still not 100% sure about that because I really just don't want to butcher it, quite frankly. But um, we'll see how it goes maybe next week when I'm back at home and in more of a, a safe place. Not that this place isn't safe, but it's not really where I do my podcast typically. Um, hopefully the sound worked out okay. I do have my mic. I just am in a room that echoes a lot more than mine does at home. So hopefully you were blessed by this podcast. I know it's a lot shorter than I normally do, but I am technically, you know, kind of on a hiatus after the funeral, just decompressing and just trying to relax. We're actually going to be going to a barbecue later. And I just pray that you've been blessed and and it really just gives you an opportunity to think about like, all right, Lord, like show me your ways, help me to walk your in your ways and your truth and glorify you and help me to do it in a way that is so obvious that anyone who meets me sees you and not me. Because that's how we leave a legacy. Because Mary not only left a legacy for her family, but for every person's life that she touched, including mine. And it wasn't like we were next door neighbors. We were until I was three, but that's neither here nor there. However, after that, you know, I was lucky to see her and her family maybe once a year, maybe, maybe twice. And it was always such a blessing for me. And I know for my family as well, because they were able to teach their children in the way that they should go. And so I just want to encourage you, encourage you to just get in God's word and just pray and talk to him and just spend time with him and say, show me what you want me to do with my life, with my family's life, with those I have, um, a sphere of influence with show me what to do, Lord. And I pray that you all have had a great Memorial day weekend. Uh, we have, I know my husband and I, uh, were able to go to the national cemetery in Massachusetts, which used to be Otis air force base. It's now, I believe the Cape Cod branch base or something, but it was amazing. Uh, there were so many people here actually lifted my faith in humanity quite a bit because Massachusetts does tend to be a very liberal state, and um, I wasn't sure how many people would actually show up to put flags on the fallen um, men and women who fought for our country, and it was packed. I was I was absolutely floored. We were able to put a flag on my grandparents' some uh, grave, which was there, which was uh, quite lovely. I haven't been back there since my grandmother died, and my uh, husband was able to put a flag on his grandfather's grave 
and we were unable to find his great grandfather, but I think next time we did finally figure out where it was. So we'll be able to do that. So there's a legacy right there as well is, is honoring the fallen and honoring those who were before us. So I hope that you all did have a great Memorial Day weekend. And I pray that you will tune in again next week. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 and 27. And I'm going to go over there because every time I don't, I end up messing it up. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. I will hopefully have you tuning in next time. Have a great week, guys. Please feel free to message me at messymessianicmama.com or you can email me at elmmm3 at protonmail.com. That's E is an Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike. Amazon Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica Lacasse, and it should have a button right there to say leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.